Welcome to the podcast. This is Fergus in Chicago, and this is the On Strategy podcast. I hope you're enjoying the first season. Uh, today we talk to uh, John Carlaw, and John is the Director of Strategic Planning at David, the agency in Miami, uh, working on the Burger King business. Uh, what's really fun about the Burger King work over the last couple of years is they've sort of developed this inventive irreverence. It's not just uh, frat boy humor, but it's smart and it's engaging. And I think it's engaging really uh, um, in a compelling way in modern culture. Now, some people will suggest that they're just stunts that Burger King is doing. And by implication, they're suggesting they're somehow not legitimate. And I would disagree with that. I think that uh, the sales numbers back that up also. I think the stuff is very, very smart. It's also interesting to hear John talk about uh, how uh, he defines Burger King's positioning and also that in the context of McDonald's and also of Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and we always love it if you leave a good rating and uh, please share it with your, your network. We'd love to be able to build something that works well for planners for uh, many seasons to come. So this is Burger King with John Carlaw. Enjoy. So uh, welcome, John Carlaw. Hi, Fergus. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for thanks for uh, carving out a little bit of time. So I, you know, I, I heard a, a a podcast recently with the uh, with the uh, chief creative officer um, who used to. I'm not sure if he's still at David, but he uh, he was originally at Ogilvy because I think David came out of Ogilvy. Yes, we came out of uh, Brazil, Ogilvy Sao Paulo. Um, it was the, uh, the the team that was working on Dove. They did Dove sketches, yeah. And uh, they uh, actually decided to uh, uh, kind of branch off, and Ogilvy group uh, backed them and created this. Uh, that's why we're called David because we're the first name of David Ogilvy, uh, and it was sort of this um, uh, return to uh, the roots of Ogilvy before it became this massive Ogilvy and Mather network that it is today and more of the, the impetus of, of David Ogilvy pioneer modern advertising. So that's why our, our, we're very much of a kind of more of a creative boutique offshoot of uh, Ogilvy. And so how many, how many locations does David have? We are now four locations. So uh, off of that initial uh, opening, we started in uh, Sao Paulo and Buenos Aires uh, Miami was uh, our foot got a foothold into the U.S. with uh, coming on with Burger King, uh, and um, and then this year the new one is Madrid. Nice. So now we're in Europe as well. The reason that um, I tracked you down, <laughs> which I which I tend to do with planners these days, I have to track people down, was the um, I saw I saw the work for BK that was uh, for Burger King that was uh, featured in the One Show Annual. And then luckily we were able to connect mm -hmm. and it's, it's, uh, the work is always fresh. It's always interesting. It, it really just is a, a phenomenal example of, of, uh, making something just sort of catch fire in culture. And maybe oh, it's because <laughs> it's reflective of culture or because it creates culture. I know those are always big guests. Uh, those are always uh, fruit, uh, fruitful sort of conversations to have, but what, what's your take on what makes it work? I think what makes it work is starting from what the brand is. And so we don't, uh, we always kind of talk about 
is this going to leave an aftertaste? Am I going to, because uh, I think it's very easy to, that, that conversation of are we creating culture or are we sort of co-opting culture? Um, if you're not getting the, if you're not really answering the question, why, why is this, why is this brand, why is this product in here? Uh, then it's very easy to sort of lose a little bit of, okay, I, this is amazing going to happen, but who did it again? I can't remember. And I think what we've done is we've been able to really hit on a formula that actually uses the brand and the product more, more importantly at the center of what that is. You can't, a lot of things we'll say is you can't tell the story without the product and you can't easily swap out the product. So for example, we'll do something, um, net neutrality was a great example we did. Um, and the, two years ago, uh, going on two years ago. And the big discussion of the day was um, they were going to vote on net neutrality, but a lot of people didn't know what it was. And we saw this as an amazing opportunity to demonstrate Whopper love. So the Whopper is the most iconic product in Burger King's lineup. It's their best selling item. They literally say home of the Whopper on the storefront. And so to kind of reignite that love, a great way to demonstrate that we, we kind of put two and two together. We said, you know, here's something that people just don't understand, but here's something they do understand. Everybody understands what it's like to walk into a fast food restaurant and it's fast. So I should be able to come in, get my Whopper, walk out in a reasonable amount of time. What if we actually played with that mechanic? And so without telling people what we were going to do in camera, we played with the formula. We had actors behind the counter, uh, playing with them, telling them, Hey, you can get it faster. Uh, but if you're willing to pay more, literally playing out the scenario of what, uh, what the debate was with net neutrality. And it became this massive thing that just blew up. And it was literally, it was mentioned on the floor of Congress. I mean, you can't get more disruptive than that. But that all was, yes, everybody can say, well, why is Burger King talking about net neutrality? We're using that to make a point also about our product and, and, and using our restaurant as the backdrop for that. Hey, how are you doing? You know what, number 98, what's going on with it? Number 98, uh, you got the Whopper? Yeah. So you got the slow access Whopper pass? Wait, what? It's on on the menu right there with the fast, medium, and slow. Slow MBPS, fast MBPS, or hyper fast MBPS. MBPS, of course, standing for making burgers per second. So if we want a Whopper now, we have to pay $26? Well, that's, that's how you get it fast. That's the highest priority. This is like a lane system? Maybe like 15, yeah, fast lane, slow lane. So like maybe like 15, 20 minutes. What are you talking about? Um, I didn't think that a Whopper, ordering a Whopper would really open my eyes up to net neutrality. The Whopper actually told me about net neutrality. It's stupid, but true. So that would be an example of sort of reflecting something that's happening in culture that's, t- that's timely and yes. that you can, sort of, you can sort of riff on. What about what about examples of things or are, are, are maybe there aren't examples, although I, I would think there are, of you guys sort of creating culture? You could say Andy Warhol might be an, an interesting one that sort of ran counter to culture. Uh, it came this, um, the impetus of it was really something that we saw kind of laden in in in, uh, in YouTube and things that were didn't really then, but people weren't really aware of. And we thought there's something that's very true and authentic to the brand uh, and shows that uh, our, our core positioning is about authenticity of people and food. And we generally shy, we, we do shy away from celebrity 
for that reason. But we thought, you know, here, here's something that people are doing already that a lot of people don't know and show this, this attachment that people have to the brand. And how can we put this into culture in a way that really runs counter to what people are doing? Because Super Bowl is very much about current celebrity, the star of the day, big explosions. And here we had this 60 seconds of just an artist who had passed away for uh, 20 years, uh, just doing a simple bite shot. And it just demonstrated Whopper love in a very different way than neutrality did. Um, How did you describe what authenticity of people and food is? And if you really think about what the experience of going to Burger King is versus the natural contrast, which is McDonald's, the Whopper is a is a two hands, very messy, very, um, it's not, it's not first date sort of food, so to speak. Uh, whereas, uh, McDonald's tends to project a, a, a level of perfection that, uh, we felt was sort of really inauthentic. So if you want to contrast yourself well with a competitor, you don't do what they're doing. You need to find a way to go something that's true to you. Of, here's a place where you don't have to try to put on a facade you can come in here, have ketchup on your face and, and play in your goofy true self. And, uh, and so what we've always tried to do is capture that essence in the, in the communication so that all the TV commercials we do, I mean, we produce um, upwards of 50 plus a year. A lot of those are live action, 15 second short um, stents, but still they're filmed in the restaurant. And a lot of times they're in actually Primarily now, they're all using real guests. We're using real guests who are in there and capturing that true reaction that they're having to the experience and the product. But I guess when, when people will talk about a Burger King now, they would think that it's sort of, it's got a point, it's, it's got a sense of humor, right? Yes. And, and But I never thought of McDonald's as being, obviously it is large and corporate, but it is interesting to think about that. There is sort of a, a level of, uh, of perfection. Uh, that's all American family sort of thing, right? Yeah, so in our in our view, we feel that they are projecting something that is a bit more aspirational than uh, than maybe in truth, and so that is in our view a a way for us to contrast ourselves against them. And, so, and, and it's interesting too that that's. The, do you think that was something that was recognized by your target? Did they did they think or talk about McDonald's in that sort of a way, and therefore you kind of you guys thought, okay, we can sort of uh, plug into that vein and take advantage of it, or was it something that came out of of a, of a Burger King point of view that was originally held by them? It came out of a Burger King point of view. It was us looking at the culture, looking at the category, and what was going on. And saying, okay, what's something that we can tap into? What's a way for us to tap into an emotion that feels very true and ownable, but also is something that no one else is doing? So authentic uh, so, was, was there, was there, it was what, how they define themselves, this authentic, authentic, authenticity of food and people. That was what they came to you guys with it in the briefing, or was that what you suggested back to them? That was a uh, project we did together, uh, actually predates me even. Uh, working with David, but it was a repositioning that we did together uh, as we looked at, okay, how do we take Burger King forward in the future? Um, Burger King is another thing. Burger King is outspent uh, three or four times to one by McDonald's. Um, More importantly, it's a category that's very low loyalty. Uh, You know, your typical QSR customers, 99% of them are going to the Burger King customers also go to McDonald's and, and so forth at Wendy's. So you have to find 
a way to make sure that I'm delivering something that is quite unique from what the other guys are doing and what's something I can do that maybe they can't follow up. One of the big hits we did was, um, it was one of our first Grand Prix. It was in conjunction with YNR New Zealand, but it was the idea of uh, McWhopper, which was going to them and <laughs> saying, hey, uh, what, what if we, we put our two iconic sandwiches together? And of course, they gave the very predictable response, hey, um, you know, a nice phone call will be enough next time. And so I think that helps, uh, one, it helps stand out. Uh, two, it's something that crystallizes in terms of where we are versus them. We're the challenger to the big giant, uh, we're, but we're also this place that feels, in our, our eyes at least, feels a little bit more human, more real, and therefore more authentic. I, I think that there is that wonderful irreverence in, in some of the things that you guys have done um, in, in, in taking advantage of the sort of more conservative culture of McDonald's. I mean, the, it's, <laughs> some of it's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, and we, we have to be mindful of that too. You know, there, uh, would, how, how, how far do we go? Uh, you know, it's always, you know, it's always in jest. It's always in good humor. You can look at what KFC has been doing uh, with Wyden. Yes. And look what they've done with the Colonel. And you could make a case that they sort of reacted to you guys. And I'm curious how you guys look at KFC in, in the context of, of positioning versus you guys. I know it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a different menu offering, but as a brand, uh, in what ways do you think of them as different to you as a brand? It's different. Uh, one, I, I love the work that, uh, that Wyden has done with uh, KFC. I was, um, I, I, I was leaving there, I think, essentially, as they started to take on the business. And, uh, and at the time, I, you know, uh, to, to see where more they started than what they've taken has been amazing. Uh, in terms of our view, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as um, a directly tied to each other. I think there's, and there's certainly, you can say there's commonalities. There's an, an amazing irreverence. There's, um, they, they've done a great job as well of tapping into what's happening in culture and doing it through um, this, this particular um, uh, manifestation, you know, using, using the kernel and, and, and that world uh, that they've created around him. Uh, whereas uh, for us, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly use the king, but we're very specific about how we use them now because he is sort of the embodiment of the brand, but it, he, he's the living entity of the brand. He's the thing that can move around. And so we have all these sort of rules and ways that we use him that um, are quite different than the colonel is. You know, for, the, the king never changes. Uh, for example, he never speaks. Uh, he isn't. Uh, he, you know, we have all these sort of uh, rules that we sort of utilize when we when we use him. I'd love to hear a little bit about, about uh, Fernando Machado, who ah. is uh, Burger King CMO and and become has become very famous for for good reason. And yes. and I'm wondering as a I've heard him interviewed. And uh, he seems to be very passionate about ideas and he's very, seems to be very open um, to considering uh, anything without any sort of formality to anything. And he seems to have a culture. uh, They, they seem to have a culture that's open to that. So what is it, what is it like as a planner working with a, uh, a a CMO who is uh, all about ideas 
In other words, show me ideas. Does that does that impact the uh, the um, the role of the planner in terms of strategy versus uh, strategy versus ideas? Oh well, certainly because uh, the ideas that he's looking for are first never of a kind. There's that element of um, risk. Uh, you know, the, the riskier, the more we don't know how it will work, the better in a lot of ways. But you have to also answer why. Why would we do that? Why are we going there? What what, what makes you think this will even work? So a lot of ways, the, the role of a planner is to answer that question, to tee them up in terms of why are we bringing you this idea? Why do we think it's going to work? Uh, and, it, and it really touches on a lot of aspects of what um, uh, the strategy is. And I don't know the degree to which it's semantics, but there's a lot of talk that I hear in the planning community and what people write about it. And it's this idea of the preciousness of the definition of an insight. Mm-hmm. And um, while nobody seems to have done, in my opinion, a really good job of defining what the difference is between an insight and an observation or a data point, do you have any, any, you have any sort of, um, anything you could share about how you think about those? Because I think there's, I mean, my opinion is we spend too much time in our, in our industry and in our practice of planning uh, talking about the word insight. And I think it's a <laughs> sort of, we cripple ourselves by talking about it as being the Holy grail. When, when I think many times observations, data points uh, and, um, and other factors can be, equally inspiring and an insight if it's going to be as sort of pure as uh, some corners of planning want it to be defined as it just doesn't happen and it i'm I'm not sure it needs to happen and i'm just wondering do you have any any uh points of view on what your thoughts are on the on on what is what should creativity be built on does it matter what we label it really, an insight is an observation that has proved useful, <laughs> maybe, uh, or or it's a connection of disparate observations to, that actually make that makes that connection clear. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's a um, it's providing a, a bit of a point of view, of an informed point of view on what the way forward is. What's the most pertinent um, piece of uh, knowledge? there that um, enlightens you in terms of what the, the road ahead is or what the possible solution is. Um, so I, I agree that I think sometimes that we spend a lot of times in turn um, debating what the insight is. And sometimes um, you get to this great poetic expression of it. And sometimes you don't, but um, ultimately it's okay. What, what do we think is going to win? What do we think we need to do? And, and, and then going for it. So no, I love that. I love what you just said there. I think you're totally right, which is that, that, that the job is to sort of point the way forward and show the way forward in, in, a, in a way that's interesting and will, will ultimately uh, produce uh, great ideas. So it, it, we don't have to be uh, so precious about how we define these labels. Um, so, John, tell us, about, um, tell us about where people can get in contact with you and are you, uh, are you active on Twitter or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me at, uh, uh, at David on the, or uh, my website, johncarlaw.com. You can reach me through that as well. So That's awesome. It's J-O-N-C-A-R-L-A-W. 
John, yeah. thank you, man. I, uh, I really uh, enjoyed this conversation and I uh, hope we'll have you back again once uh, Burger King continues to do more magic and you continue to do more magic. Thanks, John. Have a great oh, I day. I appreciate that. It's been great. Thank you. Take care.